Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is December 24th, and our reading comes from Revelation chapter 15. Remember, we're reading about the tribulation, and during this seven-year tribulation, God's judgment, God's wrath is being poured out on the earth because of their sin and wickedness and rebellion against God. We've already talked about the seven seal judgments and the seven trumpet judgments, and today we're going to begin reading about the seven bowl judgments or the final and most severe judgments to come upon the earth in the end of the tribulation period. So beginning in verse 1, John says this, And I saw in heaven another miraculous event of great significance. Seven angels were holding the seven last plagues, which would bring God's wrath to completion. And I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire, and on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. So these are people who during the tribulation refused to worship the beast or his image. They refused to take the mark of the beast and they were martyred for their refusal. Well, now they're in heaven. They've been rewarded because they've trusted in Jesus and they are the ones pictured here. Then it says they were all holding harps that God had given them and they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Of course, the song of Moses was a song that celebrated the deliverance of Israel from Egypt, deliverance from slavery. The song of the Lamb is about the redemption that Jesus brought through his death and resurrection. And the song goes, Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations, who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name. For you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous deeds have been revealed. Now, when I read that, here's an idea that comes to mind. These are people who have been faithful to Christ in the face of severe persecution during the tribulation, and they were killed for it. And I wonder in that moment, when they were still alive on the earth during the tribulation period, if they found themselves asking the question, why is God not doing something? Why is God allowing this to happen? Why are we suffering when we are trying so hard to follow him and we refuse to worship the beast? Why are we suffering? But now they're in heaven. Now they've crossed over. They're on the other side. And now they're able to see the wisdom and the glory, the beauty of God's redemptive plan and what he's been doing throughout redemptive history. And so their song glorifies the wisdom, the majesty, the power, the beauty of God. And it just, it just causes me to think about our own circumstances. And so many times I think we look around at our lives or what's happening in our world and we find ourselves asking that same question. Why isn't God doing something? Why doesn't God come back today? What is God waiting for? I don't understand. And the truth is, we don't understand because our knowledge and our sight 
is so limited. But here's what I think this passage helps us to do, and that is to trust in the wisdom of God, to trust in the power of God, to trust in the sovereignty of God, to know that God has a plan. And one day when we cross over, one day when we're in heaven and we can see things from God's perspective, I think we'll spend all eternity praising him because then we will see in full what today we only see in part. Today we get glimpses of the glory of God and that day we will see him in all his glory and we will spend all eternity praising and worshiping him. So in our doubt and fear and confusion and uncertainty, let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And let's look back. Let's look back throughout the Old and New Testaments. Let's look back at redemptive history. Let's try to remember the faithfulness, the wisdom, the beauty of God and all that he's been doing throughout history so that our soul can rest. God is not called off guard in this moment. God knows what is happening in your life and God knows what's happening around the world and we can Trust him. All right, let's keep going. Verse five. Then I looked and saw that the temple in heaven, God's tabernacle was thrown wide open. So in heaven, there is a temple, a tabernacle. And in the Old Testament, when God commanded Moses to build the tabernacle and David to build the temple, it was a representation of what was real in heaven. And so John sees it. Verse six, the seven angels who were holding the seven plagues came out of the temple and they were clothed in spotless white linen with gold sashes across their chest. Then each of the four living beings handed each of the seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God. So these are the bowl judgments who lives forever and ever. Verse eight, the temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power and no one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. Now, here's a final thought. Today is Christmas Eve. And as I was reading through this, I just had this thought that 2,000 years ago, on a very quiet, still night, no one realized that the next day, Jesus would be born, that the King of glory, the creator of all the earth, God would enter into our world and take on human flesh and make salvation available to all men, to anyone who will put their faith and trust in Jesus. And here in Revelation 15, we are on the eve of judgment. So 2,000 years ago, we were on Christmas Eve, the eve of salvation, grace, redemption. But in the future, there'll be a night when we're on the eve of God's pouring out his wrath and final judgment upon the earth. And I just thought the contrast was interesting. And so tonight, as we reflect on Christmas and what the arrival of Jesus means for all of us, let's just keep in mind that Jesus came to rescue us from judgment, to rescue us from the tribulation, to rescue us from the suffering that we've been reading about the next few days. And as we enter into this Christmas moment, let's pause and give God thanks, our Savior, our King, our Redeemer, who came to rescue 
us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who came to rescue us from judgment and give us eternal life. God, we're so grateful that we're washed in the blood of Jesus, that we stand in your grace, that we've been adopted into your family, that your perfect love has cast out all fear, the fear of judgment, and we can rest in your care, in your wisdom, in your providence, in your generosity. God, we look forward one day to seeing you in full, to see your full glory and to understand what you've been doing throughout history, to see your beauty and your wisdom on display. God, we long for that day, but the day we choose by faith with limited knowledge and limited sight to worship you and to give you our praise, to give you our surrender, to give you our worship, to bless and to honor the one who gave his life, who sent his son to come rescue us and to give us eternal life. Jesus, we thank you for that. God, I pray for every person that tomorrow, that the Christmas day as we celebrate the arrival and the birth of Jesus, that you would fill our hearts with wonder and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, I hope that encouraged you so good. Merry Christmas, everybody. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.